Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. So good to be with you on this last Wednesday of January. I cannot believe we are already past one month in 2020. It is moving fast, and I hope it has been a wonderful beginning and unfolding as we move into the rest of this powerful year and powerful new decade. There are lots of different things happening, a lot of individuals that are opening up to their power and their presence, attempting to understand what this world is is about and what's going on at these times, and yet even more and more starting to realize what it is that they are here to do. I'm excited about my guest today. We're going to talk a little bit about how to move through some of this human drama and what the second wave is. To heal something, you must experience it personally. You can't heal other people's stuff, not really. Even as a healer, we are only holding space for the person to heal themselves. There is a bonus to healing ancestral DNA. The ancestors seven generations back who are beyond the veil are receiving the healing gratefully because they see clearly from their crustless divine spark that this is a gift. Their consent to this healing actually ripples backward through time and uplifts the whole timeline and ancestry, which then ripples forward through time on its own. The beauty way is an indigenous path of the heart and personal power in right relationship to all of nature. Walking the beauty way requires a great deal of humility, listening deeply, and being in service to all of Earth's creatures. The great spirit invites us to step onto the beauty way and bring ourselves into right relationship with the Earth. As we step onto the beauty way, we tap into the greater consciousness of the Earth and lead our lives from harmony rather than discord. This is from Carrie Hummingbird's book, The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama. She's a channel of and an embodiment of White Eagle, an ascended master who specializes in rainbow light, activation of human DNA. She has served as a social activist, leader, and philanthropist for over three decades. She's the founder of the Skills Not Pills movement and host of the Soul Nectar Show. And she inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with an authenticity, passion, and purpose that positively impacts others. Carrie catalyzes mind shifts that transform life challenges into the gifts of wisdom with her Reinvent Yourself programs for individuals and groups. And she is the international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, as well as the award-winning best-selling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love, which describes the early years of her spiritual awakening. So without further ado, welcome, Carrie, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, Simran. I appreciate being here and having a chance to share messages from the second wave. Oh, that is wonderful. I think that's probably where we need to begin. You start <laughs> off your book talking a little bit about Dolores Cannon's work, where she talks about the three waves of volunteer and the new earth and what those different waves are. I'd love to hear and have you express to the audience a bit about what the second wave is so that they can have an understanding of where we're going in today's show. Absolutely. So uh, 
I when I was prompted to channel this book in last February, start channeling it, I was told the title was The Second Wave, and I had as many questions as everybody else. What is that? <laughs> I don't know what this is. How am I supposed to write about this? And then I was reminded of uh, a video I'd seen of Dolores Cannon, who uh, described uh, interviews she had done in deep hypnosis with thousands of different people. And was curious uh, to start hearing about these words, the first wave, the second wave, the third wave, and dove deeper into questioning of people when they were under that deep state of hypnosis. And what she found and what I have experienced personally in my life is that um, there are those of us who are here on the planet at this time who came for a specific reason, who came specifically to help human consciousness rise up and to become a species that can interact with the rest of the galaxy is what we're essentially doing. And so people that are part of the second wave, the experience of it is a feeling your whole life like there's just something different about you than the people that you're around. Like you just seem to perceive things in a different way. You seem to not understand what they all seem to understand is just the way it is on earth. You've had this feeling inside of you like, no, I don't feel like that's correct. I feel like there's a different way and I feel like I'm here to usher it in, but it can get confusing when you're the only voice among dozens of people in your family or your friends or your circles that sees that there's something a little off about the way that humanity has been um, treating each other. So, these people in the second wave are souls who were able to maintain their knowing deep inside of themselves while going through earth amnesia, which, you know, when we enter a body on earth, we tend to forget who we are. Uh, we forget where we came from and all the lifetimes we've had so that we can focus on this lifetime. So it's a beautiful mechanism to allow you to go deeply into one experience. And when you need to keep a bigger picture because we're about to do a bigger thing altogether and you need to remember that thing and be on time for it, you know, earth amnesia is a little tricky. So um, so I, my sense of it is that people in the second wave might resonate with feeling like, gosh, my lifetime has been a bit challenging this time around. I've had... Um, some family dynamics that were really uncomfortable. I had to do a lot of deep inner work. As a matter of fact, I felt propelled into doing personal deep dive work on myself to heal myself. Uh, healing was even a notion that I had was possible or that I stumbled into very readily and knew that that was the right way. These are all signs that you are probably part of the second wave and that you've come here to uplift human consciousness by embodying into certain family lineages and healing those patterns from the inside out in your own life journey, which, you know, every time we heal ourselves, we heal our ancestors seven generations forward and back. So it's a great service. And uh, that's how you know that you might be part of this, Simran. <laughs> well, and I think you said something very powerful there. Uh, I know that oftentimes many individuals that I encounter, it becomes more about what can I do out in the world? I have to go change the world. I have to go be somebody in the world. I have to go attain something and make these shifts happen. But you said just now, it's about doing our own work and embodying 
exactly what it is that is the healing. So can you talk a little bit about the distinction for the second wave in regards to um, is the work the inner work, is the work the outer work, and where where do they meet? Absolutely. So if you remember the second wave, for the last couple of years, you've been probably feeling like there's an alarm clock going off, like time is now, time is now, hurry up, we got to do our thing. And you might be feeling this sense of urgency the last couple of years, uh, maybe even since 2011. So it could have gone back as far as that, where you've been feeling like there's something really important that needs to happen and I need to get ready for it or I need to start doing it. And what is that thing? I can't remember. So... That's why everyone's really, there's a lot of dialogue out there about finding your purpose because there's a real deep call to it at this time. So a lot of the work that we've been doing so far, we've already done a huge part of the work on Earth simply by having Earth amnesia and embodying and coming into a family line, noticing the things we're noticing, staying tuned to the love inside of us and healing it from the inside out. And it's been really lonely and uncomfortable for a good part of that journey. So we've already done a big part of the work. Now, we are shifting into the next phase. And the next phase is to become conscious of who you are and to consciously embody the mastery of love, the principles of love, and to consciously bring it out into your community, your family, your friends, um, and potentially into the world. So each of us has a different mission in order to spread love by the light that we are and by the light that we've claimed within ourselves through all those years of personal work. So it could be that you show up exactly in the same job that you always were, but you do it from a new place of being the love that you are and being certain about the love that you are and being certain about who you are as an ascended master or old soul from across the galaxy that's actually here to teach and instruct. And that the way that it's been happening all around you is crumbling before your eyes and people are seeing the truth. You know, 2020, year of clear vision. People are starting to see, even people that are sleepy are still starting to see, oh, wait a second, there is something happening here. There's like something really strange going on and I'm starting to understand things I never understood before and I need to know more about that. And so right in the middle of your family, right in the middle of your community, right in the middle of your job that you've had for 10, 20 years could be the spot you stay and illuminate those around you, not from a place of arrogance or I know better than you or I'm like more old than you and all this kind of stuff, but as a place of like, hey, we're walking down this road together and we've been walking down this road the whole time together. It's just that you didn't know it. And now you're starting to realize that we're walking down the road and I'm right by your side and I've got your hand and it's going to be okay. And we don't need to have shame and guilt and all that from... I didn't know and all that. You you know, once you know better, you do better. So it's it's really that. Like it's being in the moment now. And you might have a bigger call. Like I had a big call to get out there. Like I've I get lots of visions of being in front of big crowds. I get lots of visions of being on a like a stage, like, you know, one of these big concerts almost, you know, that we're all gathering at and we're we're chanting and singing and doing journey and doing light work all together. So I get visions like that. And and so I just follow the path that's laid out for me. So I think that the path is going to be a little different for every person. And so don't get caught up in the idea, oh, I've got to drop everything and go become a healer. It's not so much that. It's some of you might need to do that. That might exactly be correct. 
or it might simply be to bring all the healing arts that you learn on your own personal journey into the environments you already engage with and show up in a new way with a new certainty and a new awakening in consciousness that then starts to infiltrate the people around you with some love. So that's how I see it. I think that that's really, really important and strategic in terms of how we move forward in New Earth because so often the mind and society can kind of condition us into thinking, number one, because we've gone through the healing, because we've enacted some of these different tools and processes and protocols, then all of a sudden the life has to be blown up and completely go in that direction because we're here to do that for everyone else. When uh, many individuals can very powerfully be that right in the very environments that they are. I'm, I know that, you know, to have those kinds of individuals in the corporate structure, in the government structure, in healthcare, in all of those other places is actually what brings light to those structures. And as you said, there will be those like yourself who are called to to step out in a larger way in those healing professions and modalities that are more spiritual so to guide and direct some of the others that are going to anchor into some of our systems and structures. When we look at these systems and structures, and we look at the name of your book about transcending human drama, there's a lot of drama going on (laughs) right now. (laughs) So, you know, so to bring that light and that love, on one hand, people would say that that's frou-frou and it doesn't work. But from an energetic standpoint, having been someone that's dealt in some of those structures, individuals can really be that. They can hold the energy and the space, and they can hold this essence of love that is it's not the fluffy love. It is, mm-hmm. it is a very grounded and powerful love. Talk a little bit about um, what that love is and how it shows up in some of these these very hard and linear types of structures like government or banking or healthcare or corporate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, first I want to say, you know, there is, there's a positive pole and, in a, and a deepening pole. You know, there's the light pole and the shadow pole. And if you look at the divine feminine, which is what we're working with essentially right now, at the positive, the lighter pole of the of the divine feminine is sort of like the energy a woman can hold of being a fairy and being light and being cheerful and happy. And that's kind of, I think, what a lot of people equate being a healer with. And that's one aspect of being a healer. The other pole of the feminine is the dark feminine. The dark feminine is grounded, is earthy, is deep into the mother. The dark feminine is the mother voice that says, when you when she tells you something to do, you go and do it. <laughs> it's like, yes. that's fierce love. And so that is, um, that's the truth. You know, that's when you have a healer that has those deep roots. They'll tell you the truth and you may not want to hear it and it might really upset you. And she's told you in so much love that you can't even slip out the side into the judgments and the projections and the I don't like her and stuff and I'm going to not listen. You can't even hold that for very long because there's so much love. It's obvious. So, um, yeah, I want to say healing is not all just light and fairy and, you know, sprinkle dust. So I have some clients actually that work in a uh, Fortune 100 pharmaceutical company. 
and, which is ironic because I'm the Skills Not Pills <laughs> founder. And I was surprised by that. I was like, why am I getting these clients who are in this pharma? You know, am I supposed to help them leave pharma or what's going on? And what it ended up, what I've realized over the time I've worked with them is I'm teaching them conscious principles of interaction with others through love, through self-understanding, self-certainty, and, you know, really disrupting the patterns of control, the patterns of suppression, and, um, you know, groupthink that tend to uh, make people really afraid about speaking the truth. And it's really subtle but profound how it's working. Uh, for example, I have one, one client who felt like there was another woman who was trying to steal her power at work, you know, trying to infiltrate and take her power and in a really subversive way. And she needed to confront it, but in love and in understanding, in a sense of um, to build some camaraderie with this person and a sense of a bigger picture. And because initially when she got on the call, she really just wanted to go after this woman, like, oh, this woman is being awful and I'm just not going to talk to her anymore. And uh, she, I thought she was my friend and all of this kind of stuff. So we had to work through all that to the place where she could really go to this woman and say, hey, I want us to be powerful together. And this is a bigger picture here. And we're disrupting a lot of patterns together. And I need you to be my sister. And I need you to talk to me before you go and do something like that. Talk to me first because you and I can really make so much great change here. Let's do it together. And it, it resulted in a huge change in the relationship and a deepening and in her own leadership skills. So this is profound change that's happening right inside the corporate structures. You know, she's a director level. So it, this is happening in leadership inside these companies. The more you wake up to yourself as a member of the second wave, the more your energy field and life will vibrate so as to pull you towards your purpose. It will become more and more clear which aspects of your life stay behind in the book of fate and which parts transform to aid you in the purpose work in the book of destiny. This is from the book Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama by Carrie Hummingbird, who is a soul guide, a channel, and an embodiment of White Eagle. You can find out more about her at her website, carriehummingbird.com. Definitely check out her retreat to the Sacred Valley in Peru in 2020, and also the next Butterfly Circle, which begins May 2nd. We'll be right back with Carrie Hummingbird after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. 
Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. The new issue of 1111 Magazine will be releasing in just a few days. So if you haven't caught up on the January 2020 vision issue, I invite you to do so. There are always amazing individuals shared in each one. I always profile six individuals to highlight their work and their service and to model to you the expression of voice and authenticity in the world. We are each models and examples for one another, and we all have gifts to share. So allow 1111 Magazine to be a way of illustrating that to you while also providing you education and insight and empowerment through the many articles, teachers, as well as the pieces that I place inside. It is always free digitally at 1111mag.com and is also available in audio version on the site as well for those of you who don't want to sit down and read. Um, my guest today is Carrie Hummingbird, and we are talking about her book, The Second Wave. Part of the transition into the book of destiny is to choose healthy boundaries, release your history as aspects come to your attention, and choose over and over again your destiny path. Following the practices in the second wave, such as clearing your channel or understanding how to do shielding meditations, helps to grow the strength of your inner light and extricate yourself from the human paradigms of suffering, such as the triangle of disempowerment. These are all ways to claim your destiny path, and you can find out more about all of that in her book, The Second Wave. In addition, check out her website, Carrie Hummingbird. Dot com, and you can find out about an upcoming trip to Peru, as well as her uh, circle, group circles, that is the year-long program, and she also does individual mentoring. There are sacred activations that take place from the shamans if you are desiring to go to the journey uh, in Peru in 2020. So check all that out on her website. Welcome back, Carrie. I want to go a little bit into... And I really appreciate you talking about the feminine in the two polarities that it can show up as. And I want to go into a little bit about what you're talking um, to in regard to closing the book of fate and opening the book of destiny. Um, And what that means in terms of today, regardless of whether we are 
first waivers or second waivers? Uh, how can we move through so that we're not dictated by fate and we are opening to that destiny that awaits each one of us? Absolutely. Thank you for asking about that. Well, the main thing is a sense of identity. So the real question is, where do you derive your identity from? Because up until the awakening, your awakening um, in your life, you're probably identifying your identity according to the lifetime you've been experiencing. The family that you come from, the lessons you learned when you were young, the name that you have, the job that you have, the place that you live, all of those things give you a sense of identity. And when you start to make this shift, you are realizing that that's not actually who you are, that you are something other than that, something bigger than that. And that is the potential of the Book of Destiny. Now, the Book of Destiny can only be opened by your soul because as a personality, we don't have enough power to live that way. You know, if we're, if we're trapped in our identity as a personality, then we're, that's where we are. That's, we're very attached there. There's a bunch of boat anchors, you know, in the water and we're fixed in place. And you see a lot of people in their lives out there in the world that are stuck. They keep doing the same thing every day, day after day, day after day, week after week. And then go to work and then come home, make dinner for the kids, go to bed, go to work, go home, make dinner for the kids, go to bed. And then, woohoo, it's Saturday and have a day off to be free. But there's probably a lot of stuff for your kids. And so not really. So there's like this whole cycle that happens. And, and is anybody taking any time to tap into the space? Because the space is where your soul is. It's not in the details. It's not in the busy, busy, busy. It's in the space. So when we want to step into the book of destiny, we've got to step into the space. We have to step into soul and we have to do whatever it takes to quiet the chattering mind to get into that space of soul and really start living from inspiration, which comes from inside. So not living from history, not living from, well, I'm doing this because I've always done it or because this is what was expected of me or because if I don't do it, then I'm not being responsible. All the stories we want to do things from a space of, of inner inspiration, which comes from the soul. And then we're starting to open that book of destiny. Now, to open it all the way wide up is to clear away the clutter inside, layer by layer by layer, of the conditioning and the stories and the domestication of what you thought your identity was. To clear it all away, layer by layer, it takes layers, until you make more and more and more and more space for your soul to come through. And then there's this really beautiful opportunity for a union in this lifetime, a union between your soul and the person you are right now embodying, the vehicle. So the soul and the vehicle can become one in this life. And in that way, it's sort of like God walking the earth. You know, it's like that little piece of God gets to walk around on the earth embodied. So that's the goal. We want to get to that space. And then the book of destiny opens wide up because the soul can do anything. The soul is infinite. It's tapped into all that is, and it can do everything it needs to do. And it has a plan for what it's going to be doing here. So as my experience of this, um, on that, I'm on that journey of the um, integration of the vehicle and the soul, and I'm in process, and my experience is that I get to have conversations in my head with my soul. So I get to have conversations with White Eagle every day. And 
when we're getting ready for something big, like I just did a big presentation for the Evolutionary Business Council a few weeks ago, the night before can be a little rocky because there's a little tussling going on between my personality and my soul. And so it can be a little bit like that. And then I relax into it and there's usually a message. And then I've got to, I've got to trust as a personality. When I say I am, that's what I'm speaking to you right now is I've got to trust. I have to trust that my soul has a plan. So we got to the, the I was doing a final presentation at the retreat and White Eagle said, okay, all of those notes that you wrote up about what you were going to say, we're not doing that. Toss it out. Let me take control. <laughs> like, okay, I'm in, I'm in front of a hundred of my peers and I'm flying blind into this thing and I'm just going to let you do that. Okay. But I have such a trust for White Eagle so far. Everything's worked out great when I let go. And I did, and it was amazing. I mean, I got a lot of great feedback. People really got a lot out of it. It was powerful for me to experience. I felt just this whole presence fill the room. And it's that feeling good that keeps me doing it, keeps me going and deepening even more through the fear of total connection, through the fear that what happens? What happens when I totally surrender? Am I going to still be here? Am I going to poof? Does Carrie go away? You know, these are all questions that the mind plays. And, you know, this is the journey we're exploring right now. So anyway, that was a lot to dump to dump out there. But <laughs> that's what I'm experiencing right now. So when individuals are moving through this this place of wanting to live their destiny, but feeling trapped by the fate that is within them, I know that oftentimes a huge part of that is being willing to let go of the things that do define that personality. And sometimes that can look like people. It can look like family members. It can look like relationships. It can look like jobs. Um, it can look like geography. It, it can show up a lot of different ways. And allowing oneself to step into both the vulnerability and the courage to say, I can walk away from these things still in love for them, still holding them in compassion, but I can step away and allow them to have their experiences by me doing so is a huge part of opening the door to that trust and surrender that you're speaking of. Talk a little bit about that aspect of it in relation to opening to the soul's voice. Absolutely. Well, this is really tender for me, you know, and it is a tender journey for all of us. Um, up until a few years ago, I was trying to do both. I was trying to still be the person that I was up until then with my family of origin, with my mother and my brothers and everybody and my kids. And I was trying to be that. But then there was also this other part of me that was really blossoming and wanting to come out that was huge and it was beautiful and <laughs> it was opening to this. And of course, my family of origin thinks it's all crazy. So um, I was trying to do both. And then my dad died. My stepdad, who has been my dad since I was five, he passed away. And it really was the catalyst for me having to make that choice because the dynamics got so um, challenging and toxic with my family of origin, trying to, you know, this burgeoning light within me being around them seemed to even make it painful for them, my presence. And so I had to choose, I had to make a choice inside of me because I wouldn't move forward deeply into my new experience 
because my little girl, you know, and this is child psychology, but like my little girl inside of my, in my heart, inside my being was terrified and really afraid of leaving her mommy, you know, leaving my mommy behind. And, and as an adult woman, you think, well, I could, I should have made that journey already or, but these are parts that live in your subconscious and they can really hold you back. Um, if they're not feeling safe from taking the big, bold moves that your soul is asking you to take. And having the certainty inside and the confidence inside. So I had to create a buffer of space for myself and take a break from being around my mother for a while until I could really get this transition under my belt and really move forward with my soul. And that's a difficult thing to do, to let go of people that you care about, especially in, after following on such a difficult experience of, you know, my dad dying, her life partner, 44 years. is not an easy decision to make. There's all kinds of judgments from my family about that. And still, I think it's the best thing for everybody. Because when you look at the soul perspective on things, the soul perspective on things is very different from the human perspective. The human perspective is very codependent trying to fix everybody and make sure that nobody ever suffers any pain or any loss or anything like that. And the soul perspective says very different things. The soul perspective says this is this is a necessary um, break between people so that they can each discover their own power and their own truth because there's too much entanglement. So, you know, this is an opportunity for both of us to find our power and both of us to step into a deeper truth of ourselves. So that's that's a decision that most people are terrified to make because of the ramifications of the extended family and the and the, and the community and and so forth that would judge that as being completely wrong. So it's the only pathway though that I was able to really embrace. And the moment I made that decision in the months following, things took off like wildfire in my business, like crazy crazy wonderful like my book 26 weeks on international bestseller things like that just like took off and I have to I have to know and I do know deep inside that this is the right thing even though from time to time it's challenging to do I think the paradox is that we see a world through the lens of separation and we can make up that because we are together whether that it is the codependent uh way of doing things or the enmeshed way of being in relationship is really being together. But that is the epitome of that separation. Whereas sometimes walking away and holding everyone as connected and love can actually be oneness, even though you're not together. And so it is this interesting paradox that we experience as we are merging into the unity of the soul, unity with the soul, um, as, and walking away yet from, from other souls. But in the end, it's all one. So yes. <laughs> it is, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and you talk about the beauty way. We only have a couple of minutes till our next break. But I do want to get into a little bit about the beauty way because the beauty is what essence is all about. And it is this right relationship with nature. Talk about walking the beauty way and what that humility is? What is the type of humility that is required for that? Well, I think it's an expansion of consciousness and it's a realization that we're not the only uh, conscious life on earth. As a matter of fact, we have a lot to learn from our brothers and sisters in the plant kingdom and in the stone realms and in the animal kingdom. There's a lot to learn from all of life on earth. And we've been a little bit presumptuous that 
we know more than all these other life forms. And and on Earth, we've, we've really um, not taken care of the garden, so to speak. You know, we have not taken care of the Garden of Eden. We've sort of leveraged it all for our own uses. So now it's the time to really um, become humble and to learn from indigenous people who have maintained their connection with the Earth and have maintained their knowledge about these ways of communicating with other forms of life on Earth and and to, you know, take ourselves on that journey so that we can expand our own consciousness about what's possible. You know, plant medicine is certainly one aspect where you, you can learn very quickly that plants are way smarter than us. You know, they have a lot to teach us human beings. Um, but I think that, I think it's really stepping with the earth and realizing that every single step you take on the earth, every thought you have, every feeling you express, everything is part of, it has an impact on the whole, you know, just like in the ocean, if you drop a drop of water into the ocean, well, that displaces another drop. So in fact, you affect the entire ocean when you drop just one drop into it. But we have that power and we have that presence and we have the connection to all of life on earth. So there isn't any separation. You know, when you, when you drink a glass of water, that glass of water has touched the lips of every person that ever lived on the earth. So we're not separate. We like to think we are, but we, we intimately are connected to all of life on Earth and to each other and to all the ancestors. Mm, this is from Carrie Hummingbird and her book, The Second Wave, Transcending Human Drama. A lack of understanding about the power of the word and creation has led humans to further burden themselves by creating institutions of fear and birthing energetic forms to enforce fear-based thinking in the collective consciousness. Humans have created structures at all levels to limit themselves to repeat past mistakes from government to education to religion to economics to diet and self-care and beyond into the unseen worlds that surround the planet. The self-loathing and disconnection of humanity is poisoning human bodies, birthing new humans into a system of self-loathing, destroying other forms of life on the planet, and now poisoning the earth herself. With New Earth, all of this creation of human suffering comes crumbling down. I invite you to explore Carrie Hummingbird's book, The Second Wave, Transcending Human Drama, as well as exploring some of the other work that she has embarked upon. She has a retreat to the Sacred Valley in Peru in 2020, as well as a butterfly circle, which is year-long work with her. In addition, you can work personally with her if you'll check out her website, CarrieHummingbird.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships? more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. 
courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. If you have not checked it out, I invite you to go to the 1111 Mag website and look at the brand new online courses that are being revealed with many of the past alumni of 1111 Magazine and 1111 Talk Radio. We have partnered to create some courses that allow you a step into their world, a way to taste some of the work that they're creating on the planet, but also to enhance yourself in some of the ways you'd like to explore. Definitely check out our latest. Patrick Paul Garlinger is an amazing author, a channel, and an angel guide, and he has created a beautiful course on forgiveness, the freedom of forgiveness. So definitely that is one of the key elements to us freeing ourselves and freeing this planet is to embody the beauty of forgiveness. So check that out at 1111mag.com along with all of the other courses that are there so that you get to explore the many different beautiful teachers and speakers that are on this planet. Carrie Hummingbird is the author, the international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and the award-winning best-selling book, Awakening to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love. She's a soul guide, a channel, an embodiment of White Eagle, and she also specializes in the rainbow light activation of human DNA. She is a social activist, a leader, and a philanthropist for over three decades, and has founded the Skills Not Pills movement, while also being the host of the Soul Nectar Show. You can find out more about all of her work, as well as her upcoming trips and speaking engagements uh, at carriehummingbird.com. So definitely go there and check her out. I'm going to share a little bit from her book, The Second Wave. The second wave of volunteers has come specifically to experience all of the human viruses of suffering that run through the DNA and to heal it using ancient wisdom, seven generations forward and seven generations back. 
The second wave of volunteers is here to raise their own inner vibrations through this work, to elevate consciousness in their own family lines as a top priority. Next priority is to generate the ascended vibrations into their communities, and finally to guide others as they wake into the higher consciousness to drop the baggage of past human history so we can collectively evolve. You are now invited to remember who you are in truth and love, to forgive and release your human history, and to step into service. You've had your human experience. You embodied the patterns of suffering that require healing for humanity to progress, and now it is time to fully heal. Forgive and release it from your own body so that you can close that old book of fate and open the new book of destiny. Welcome back, Carrie. So much of that is is how we truly do become more of the embodied divine. And as we open to those places, we encounter parts of ourselves, parts of ourselves that are empathic, uh, parts of ourselves that need the space and the alone time, uh, parts of ourselves that begin to channel and bring forth messages that we didn't even realize that we could speak or write or paint or produce in whatever way that they come forward. Um, Talk a little bit about that opening of the light body or that embodiment of the rainbow light that you uh, activate individuals within doing so, so that they can step more into their divine soul nature. Absolutely. Well, I think that whatever pathway you follow to open up aspects of yourself, to release history and to absorb new frequencies, new information, new ascended vibrations, activation codes, whatever the words are that you'd like to use, then you create more space for spirit inside your being. And when you create more space for spirit inside your being, you actually can tune in to what I like to call the collective consciousness and there's a there's a few different aspects of collective consciousness that I've noticed, but the one that has all of the divine assistance, when you tune into that, then you can bring forth beautiful messages like we've been doing here on the show. Mm. When we are looking at the second and third waves coming in, as parents, how do we parent a second or third wave child? Is there a certain way? Because in the past... It seems obvious that we've carried through those generational karmas, the ancestral viruses, the the different imprinting of DNA, um, that we've created these these legacies of where we do kind of have to separate from families to find our true calling. So what do we do now with our children that are coming in as second and third wave to support them and maybe ease the level of suffering between parent and child as well? Well, I think that the first thing is don't make the assumption that you know more than your child because your child coming in has a little body, but they might have a huge spirit. They could be a very wise soul and uh, coming into this life form to be uh, a teacher to you, actually. And that's what I've experienced in my journey is that my eldest son is a very wise, powerful soul, and he's very perceptive. He's very psychic. And he, he has been able to teach me some things that I, where I was being a little sloppy with my boundaries. Now, I have also experienced um, a situation where my mother's perception of me was actually her story that she liked to tell about me or her, her identity that she gave me was actually preventing me from being able to find my own identity. 
So when my son started telling me that, that he was also experiencing that, I realized I was perpetuating that pattern of thinking I know who some, who my child is when better than they do. And I think we need to reverse that now and become more curious and give a lot of spaciousness for our children to self-discover who they are and to have the confidence that they can do that, you know, with some nudging here or there that they can, they can find their true way. And they're probably going to find it a lot faster than we did because of the energy amping up and because of their, their relative um, level of expertise as a soul coming into this plane at this time. The, a lot of these kids, they really know what they're doing. And so we just need to get out of the way of it, support, guide, uh, be there as a resource, as a mirror, as a reflection, um, and help them with the earth dimension, but realize that they, they have a lot of gifts to bring in. And so we can't have this top-down hierarchical idea about family anymore. We need to have more of an idea that um, we're caretakers of a being that's, that's getting their feet on the ground. And then once they're able to do that, back off, let them, let them explore, let them expand and because they have a lot of wisdom to bring into this world. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And it it appears to me that uh, so many of us, um, all the generations that are are perhaps, you know, 40 and higher, our job was to do that inner work. It was to heal through many of the things. It was to get in touch with a lot of the ancestral karma and um, and our own... uh, areas where we were holding many of the denser energies, but that in doing that, we've allowed these new generations to come in and be free and so powerfully take over. And in that sense, it's almost as if our job is complete other than to truly become more and more present to the moment and where we are. What are your thoughts on that, Carrie? I think presence is the place that we get to practice being. Um, Those of us in the second wave that have come in to heal historical things, our minds have probably been geared quite historically, you know, and thinking and reviewing and, and thinking over things and bringing it back up to the surface and exploring it again and turning it over because we've been doing that to find the root causes of things so we can get down to the root place and heal it. So we were very specifically our minds were going there because we needed to in order to heal the ancestry. But even in our own lives now, it's it's a practice to step into presence now. With 2020 especially, uh, many of us maybe have felt the energy, I know I did, of almost like the, the chalkboard being erased. The moment I stepped into 2020, it was so liberating, like, oh, wow, all that stuff's gone. Woohoo! It's in the past. It's history. I don't need to go over it anymore. So really practicing mindfulness to be in the present moment, to stay in the now, stay in the now, stay in the now, because the now is where your soul can come in. If we get lost in the past or we get lost in the future, we're not in the now and we're not in spirit. We're not in space. We're in some projection of the mind. So this is the practice that we all get to hold now. And our children, some of them are very adept at this already. And so they don't understand if if they've already thought something was resolved and then you bring it back up again because you want to review it again. <laughs> you think the lesson hasn't been learned or something. And they're saying, no, that's not how it works. You know, we already dealt with that. It's done. I deposited that lesson into my bank and I'm moving forward. So we're the ones that now need to catch up with them. We need to stay in presence. You know, I think what you're sharing, I I energetically felt too. It was as if moving into 2020, there was a doorway or a vault that actually closed shut to anything that was past. And, and 
for anyone that is wanting to still carry that into the present or sees the remnants and the residual uh, visceral parts of that still coming in, is that... um, is that something that is more of an attachment? Is that something that is more of an entity? What is the case there that needs to be taken care of? And, and does it require any sort of uh, ceremonial type work or initiation to move out of that place? You know, the message I get about that is that they're just like there's waves of volunteers, there's waves of ascension. And so they just caught, they just maybe didn't catch the wave of ascension that those of us caught who felt that erasing. So you have to do your work. I mean, there's no escaping the work. So if there's unresolved things or there's a lot of baggage in your body, for example, of historical content that you haven't done the deep processing to release, you probably still feel it hanging around this year. And so the invitation is to catch the next window of ascension, right? So do the personal work, dive into it. And if you think about it, Semron, it would be a crazy planet if if 8 billion people all went through a spiritual awakening at the same time. <laughs> I mean, somebody has to stay grounded. <laughs> so um, so some people are staying fixed, and that's okay. That's that's good because then they, they can, you know, get the, the third dimensional things going on so that we can survive while we're going through our spiritual awakening. And then others are beyond that level, so they can hold space. So we're all walking the road at different points to hold space for each other. So I think that it's okay. You'll just catch the next one, but do the work, you know, do the work so you can catch the next elevator, so to speak. Do the work. Carrie Hummingbird says, definitely check her out at CarrieHummingbird.com. Pick up her book, The Second Wave, Transcending Human Drama, and check out the upcoming trip to Peru as well as her butterfly circle so that you can um, find out if you'd like to immerse in her year-long program. Again, from her book. The Book of Fate can be thought of as the I Am Broken story. As you close that book, you release the notion that there is something wrong with you that needs to be fixed. As you open the Book of Destiny, a more relevant question is, what is this vessel capable of? The exploration is to discover all the capabilities of your humanity as you bring your divinity to it. You may very well heal your ancestral DNA and personal life traumas as part of that Book of Destiny. But as you do so, it will be from a space of curiosity, love, discovery, and expansion. Just like Paul Selig states, utilize the mantra, I know who you are in truth and love. I know what you are in truth and love. I know how you serve in truth and love. You are here, you are here, you are here, and you are free, you are free, you are free. Again, CarrieHummingbird.com. My guest next week is Catherine O'Keefe Canavas, and we will be talking about her latest book. Thank you, Carrie, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. And until next week, I invite my listeners to have an incredible time creating and exploring. In love, of love, with love, and as love, I am Simran. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.